guys. Welcome to or back to On The Moon, the podcast. I am Mina. I'm your host. I hope you're well. I have my first ever guest on the podcast today. And before getting into my interview with her, I just want to tell you a little bit about who she is and what she's done. So my first guest is Celine Osnaldum. She's just turned 18. She's a young gender equality activist from Istanbul, Turkey, my hometown. She's the youngest representative of UN Women's He for She, the global gender equality movement. She has worked with Girls Who Code to bring it to Turkey. She's taught coding to 30,000 children and she's the founder of so many different organizations like Girls Who First and We Ground Zero Platform. And she founded the first girl up in Turkey. So she has done so much already for gender equality in Turkey. And today I wanted to talk to her about that, but also about just her personality and like who she is when she's not being an activist. And I really enjoyed this interview that I conducted with her, so so please hold on tight and listen to it, and you can always check her out from my Instagram, I'll link her as well. So here we go. Today I have Selin Ozanaldum as my first guest. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, as everyone has now heard of your achievements, could you just tell me a bit about yourself, like besides all the technical stuff? Of course. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I have been very much looking forward to this. School was so hard on me lately, so I'm just so happy to be here. (laughs) No, we're happy to have you as well. Thank you. So I'm Selin. I am an 18-year-old gender equality activist joining from Istanbul, Turkey, as you have mentioned. Um, I'm a high school student, and uh, as well as being a regular student, I'm also very passionate about Sustainable Development Goal 4 and 5, which are equal access to education and global gender equality. I have always been very much into uh, being a change maker and speaking up about the social construct and just, you know, and I was very much encouraged by my family and my circle to um, pursue my dreams and passions. So I think that's how my journey has started. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Honestly, I was so mind blown when you, I think, first emailed me in like August, September, I don't know, something around there. I was like, how can a teenager have done so many things? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So like, when did it really start? Like, how did you get into it quite concretely? So um, as I said, I have always been very much interested, but I've never really had that spark, you know, that specific moment. Um, So it took me a while to find my own motivation per se. I would say the spark was when my back then like six-year-old, probably six-year-old little brother uh, told me during dinner, it was like very spontaneous. He was like, hey, like you don't have to worry about school or like jobs if you cannot get into a good college or like if you cannot get a good job you can just simply get married and your life is so easy you're just so lucky I was like hold on a second no I was so mind blown by the fact that even a six-year-old little child had that mind structure and it was very strange because we don't have like any examples or like experiences like that in our family or in our circles so I was like how and that was the moment when I realized how normalized these things are there are so much into our lives like we don't even realize them and I said okay 
here's a problem. This has to be changed. And I'm going to be the one who changes it. I love that. And honestly, it's so crazy that your six-year-old brother could say something like that. Yeah. Like and something... that is my biggest supporter. Oh, that's so, that's, that's growth. <laughs> we love to see it. That's <laughs> yeah. personal growth. Yeah. I feel like that's, like patriarchal culture is just so embedded in Turkey. I feel like ever since moving to London, for me, it's been eye-opening because growing up in Turkey, I don't actually, I didn't actually realize that it was this bad. But now I look back on like TV shows, for example, I actually got into like watching some TV shows during lockdown because I was like, why not? (laughs) Turkish Mm -hmm. ones. And now I look back and it's just structurally so wrong. And even when we try to do things, we get like backlash as well which sucks oh yeah <laughs> I mean I've been there done that I know the backlash is so bad but it's yeah it. <laughs> so like how has that been like how did you find it hard to like get your voice heard by people especially in like this kind of a structure so I would say I was lucky because my family my friends my circle especially my school They have always supported me and encouraged me to follow my passion. But I would say the very strange thing is when you, I don't want to say like public figure, like, you know, like I'm a famous person or something, but it's like when you are known on the internet, when people can have access to your work and have information about you, et cetera, over internet, it becomes more crucial in some sense because People cannot be, you know, that harsh on you when you're face to face. There is a strict line that they cannot cross. My circle is sharing the same ideology and same, you know, they support the idea I stand for. So I don't really get backlash face to face. But on online, it's trolls are everywhere. It's so bad. It is terrible. I mean, every time, especially in Turkey, that's very tricky because I do interviews and like I have many interviews in English or like I have been featured in different websites like Canada, you know, UK, US, like so many different countries. I have never received kind of a backlash that I have received from my own country and from my own like people, you know, it's like very strange and people don't have that line when you are on online because they can just hide behind their keyboards and hide behind their screens and a fake username and they're all good. So it's a terrible uh, thing to go through. <laughs> oh, I completely relate to that one because like before this summer, I hadn't really done any like online activism stuff and I'm 24, so I should be a bit more like, you know, <laughs> okay with backlash, but <laughs> After my post on, the first one was on like femicides in Turkey and that went viral and that mostly had a positive response. But there were some men who were like, but what about like the men being killed by women and like just completely trying to stir the agenda? And like most supporters, most people who were so, so supportive were all from outside of Turkey. Exactly. And it is like so off the topic. I really don't understand that. One time at an interview, people asked me, someone asked me if uh, there was like feminism for men too, like, you know, gender equality work for men too. And I was like, that's, yeah, there is. It's called feminism. Oh God, I hate that. Yeah, exactly. And like many of the comments that I get are like, why is it women's right? Like men are getting raped too. Men are getting killed too. 
school. Like every time they are trying to, you know, just come up with something, they always use two. So yeah, it happens too. But yeah, like we're this is what it is. We're going through this together. But come on, like there are so many data and just check the news. Like there's femicides. They're happening femicides in Turkey, like on a daily basis. Like literally every day, a woman is being killed just because she's a woman. So like you cannot turn an eye on that. It's, yeah, I hate that whole concept of feminism for men because those people don't yeah. even take five seconds to Google meaning of feminism. Like if they did, they, exactly. they would see that it's literally striving for gender equality and not like women's exactly. power. Just absolutely not. Yeah, oh. yeah, 100%. And also uh, what I would like to add is that feminism doesn't mean only like men and women, but it's a concept for people, for the LGBTQIA plus community too. Like it's about being all genders being equal to one another. So you cannot say that you're a feminist, but be a homophobic person at the same time. Oh, it God, doesn't no. work like that. Absolutely yeah. not. Well, I hope that maybe at some point people will start learning it, especially with people like yourself who are trying to spread the message. I'm just wondering, how would you say the pandemic affected your like activism work? Is it mostly like done online now? For me, I am very lucky because I have my own room. I have my own internet, laptop, phone. So of course, in activism-wise and education, school-wise, things weren't really that hard for me. But when we talk about like Girls Who Code, for example, one of the uh, organizations that I'm the founder of in Turkey, with Girls Who Code, Tur- uh, Girls Who Code Turkey, we were trying to, uh, teaching the basics of coding to young girls who do not have the, those opportunities or those like laptops or like iPads, phones, um, access to internet, etc. We were trying to reach to those girls and we were trying to them take a step forward in the STEM field. But we can, of course, now do um, like workshops or conferences on online too, but we wouldn't be able to reach to our target audience. So it was very hard for us to figure out how to find, uh, to find a way to pursue our work and hit the target audience. So we're still trying to figure that out. It's like a very difficult journey, but we're still trying to find a way, like it's so hard. I mean, it's very unexpected anyways. Like no one could have prepared for this at all. I do keep seeing those. I I mean, I was seeing a couple of months ago that kids in Turkey were really struggling with access to internet as well. for their studies because everything had to move online. So I really exactly. hope something happens with that. I, I really hope they fix it at some point. So you teach coding to children, but how did you learn coding in the first place? Oh, that's a very funny story. <laughs> so both my parents are from the IT field. Oh. So I have always, no, no, I have always hated technology. Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very strange. I mean, I wasn't, I couldn't figure out how to use even PowerPoints like until four years ago or so. It's very, yeah, I know. (laughs) So um, I think during preparation class, I took 
like um, a one-year gap per se into preparation class before high school. I had to learn coding to pass lesson like that class, but I didn't really want to do do anything with it. You know, I, it wasn't just my passion. It wasn't my thing. So I didn't really, you know, bothered my mind with like coding, etc. But until it's like very strange story. Then um, I became an activist with all he for she and stuff like that. And then um, being an activist day by day, you find more things that have to be changed. So one day I have realized the disproportion of boys and girls in STEM field and extracurricular activities. For example, girls were tend to go to like music or art related clubs and boys were tend to go to robotics, coding or football, like basketball, etc. That was a moment when I realized how actually STEM is, there are so many like gender-based barriers and stereotypes types in the STEM field. And after doing my research, I saw that it wasn't only our school, but it was a very common thing um, in Turkey. So I got in touch with our school's robotics team, and they have fully supported me. And with their help, I have brought the Girls to Code to Turkey. And basically, there are amazing, brilliant, both boys and girls who are like slaying, killing the coding and robotics and mechanical stuff. And I will say I owe them so much because they're on the forefront and they just love coding and teaching their like wisdom per se to young girls. It's just amazing. And also like it's fantastic to see also boys on the forefront. That is so cool. Honestly, my experience with coding is limited to like WordPress and Squarespace and changing the color <laughs> of things by copying and pasting. So This is so crazy, honestly. And that's so good too, because I always see like funny tweets about like engineering classes and there being like one girl in it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's definitely a change that needs to happen. I mean, I'm really not a sciencey person, never really been. And <laughs> we also had like an information class in high school. It was in French and I had no idea what was going on half the time. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> But that is so good that you started all of this, honestly. Do you still get to do teenagery stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a question that I get a lot. But the thing is, um, <laughs> have you, I'm pretty sure you have watched um, Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obsessed with it. And Regina's mom is like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. And it's like me. I'm, not a, I'm like a grandma. Like, I'm such an old soul, but I'm, a, I'm not a regular grandma. I'm a cool <laughs> grandma. <laughs> I feel like I have been lucky in that sense because I have never been, you know, a typical teenager, I guess. Like, okay. I have always been, like, more old soul. I just want to grab my book and my coffee and just, you know, on Friday nights, Friday nights, I just want to read Harry Potter and... Like, I know, relate to that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It might sound boring, but I'm not just like a typical, you know, teenager. Like I hate parties. I'm such a boss killer at parties. And I know it's like <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say like in general, it's all about figure out how to balance it all. This is not like just work to me. Um, it is something that I truly believe in. And this really is my passion. So I always, you know, it's not like a burden to me. And I also 
learned how to say no. It took me a while for sure, but I've eventually yeah. learned it. And it's so important to put your own mental health at top, like make yourself and your mental health a priority. It's just so important and you'll figure out how to balance it all. I think that's just the key. No, I completely understand all of that. I was actually quite similar that I wouldn't really like go out or party or anything when I was like 17, 18. But then once I got to uni, I was like, oh, this is also fun. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> yeah, a lot of people tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like high school is just like quite hard. Like I, yeah. I was learning a whole new language and like learning to do yeah. math and like physics in it when I was not good at those things. So it was just really hard. <laughs> But no, I completely understand that. You sometimes have to prioritize, first of all, yourself and also what you're passionate about instead of just saying yes to everything which I completely still struggle with like even in social occasions I'm like yeah sure whatever let's do it and then when the time comes I'm like why I know <laughs> I know definitely and I think um I have struggled with it so much because I had imposter syndrome like 100% and I think me too <laughs> everyone has it because there are always people around us who are telling us that we're not the best Um, like, uh, like there, of course, like, of course, there is going to be someone who is better than you, but it's not like a competition. It's just like learning and experiencing stuff. And, but there are always people around us who are like trying to tear us down and, you know, it's just, yeah, it's frustrating. And I can definitely understand why, where and why it comes from. Not only even activists, I think many people are suffering from um, imposter syndrome but we just don't realize it because it's not very well known. I feel like especially on like social media we all kind of pretend that we have our shit together and then yeah <laughs> inside we're like am I even good enough <laughs> and I completely relate with the whole exactly. activism thing as well like this summer when I was just madly campaigning about the femicides I I had moments where I was like okay but what will this change what will me doing this actually yeah bring to earth but then like international recognition I was like okay like so many people who had no idea this was going on now know about this and that's a complete bonus like that's a positive thing exactly. I feel like we really need to just sit down and like have a reality check and actually see yeah. what our actions are doing like you absolutely should not be having imposter syndrome <laughs> having done so many things at 18 honestly well like as you said especially on social media and for example if I'm at a meeting and like we're all you know introducing ourselves etc and there are brilliant activists like I I have the pleasure and honor of working with the most amazing most inspirational people uh from our generation so like being in the room with them like it makes me question myself, like, was I good enough? And every time someone asks, asks me, like, a yes or no question, that those moments, like, come, come to my mind. And I'm like, I have to say yes, because I have to be better, because I don't, I don't deserve to be in that room. So I think, I'm, like, I know that I'm not the only one. I have read a research about that, like, I'm not sure, but from what I remember, um, six out of 10 people are suffering from imposter syndrome. So it's like wow. more common than we predict. Amazing for our generation. <laughs> But also <laughs> I feel like if you're also in that room with those people, then you shouldn't even be questioning it. Like you wouldn't be in that room if you weren't 
like great like them. That's such a great perspective. Yeah, yeah sure. you, should, you should do that. <laughs> you, I will. <laughs> but among all these things, like how do you take care of your mental health? Mental health has always been a very hard topic for me because I have um, anxiety disorder. So it was really hard for me, especially like with school and activism and teenager stuff. Like when it all came together, I was like, my anxiety level was just too high, especially during quarantine. I had more time to focus on myself and figure out my balance, as I, as I have previously mentioned. Yeah. And what I have learned is actually I tried meditation Ooh. and like breathing exercises. I was like one of those people who would just, you know, make fun of meditation and like oh. <laughs> breathing exercises. I would, I would always be like, this is such a waste of time. Like, you know, this is just such a wannabe action, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was wrong. Like <laughs> I have tried um, an app called Happy Not Perfect. And I had the pleasure of meeting the founder of it, who is like Poppy Jamie. Uh, I'm pretty sure like she's well known in the UK. She's amazing. I have started using her app and like I do, now I do meditation and breathing exercises on a daily basis. Nice. I even ha have that like uh, breathing exercises app on my like smartwatch. That's how <laughs> often I use it. It's amazing. And also one thing that I have realized that it helps me a lot is a very basic thing, watching Netflix. But, <laughs> you know, just make, making time, making sure that I have time for myself. Let's say that I had a very busy day and it was just so exhausting and I'm like brain dead, etc. But I always make sure that I watch a TV show that I like before going to bed. So it's like a moderation that keeps me going throughout the day <laughs> and oh, it yeah. helps a lot. You just have to empty your brain out sometimes. And I feel yeah. like TV definitely helps with that. What, what yeah. are you watching currently? What's your favorite? Oh, I have many favorites. So of course I am. Oh, I'm a huge geek. Like I grew up with a geek father and now I'm an even bigger geek. Um, okay. So yeah, Star Wars, The Mandalorian, like it's, it's a masterpiece. Like it's so good. I love it. And of course, Doctor Who. I'm obsessed with Doctor. It's like oh my, my all-time favorite. <laughs> I have even watched like the black and white versions of it. I have watched every single episode and I'm not even kidding. Like, I swear. See, I tried. <laughs> I tried to get into Doctor Who, but it just, my best friend is really into Doctor Who. She like had a sonic screwdriver when we were in high school. <laughs> oh my God. But I just never really got into it, but I do relate in Star Wars I absolutely love all the movies and I'm I actually haven't finished The Mandalorian and also um whenever I'm feeling like super you know exhausted I always watch Gossip Girl because oh yeah I have like I have finished Gossip Girl like what seven times I don't know <laughs> I just know everything about it so it's like a great way for me to just hype up myself you know like with queen bee and opera side <laughs> honestly would you say you're a blair or a serena 100 percent blair yeah me too 100 <laughs> i think she's so driven and she's so passionate about the things that like she cares about yeah. and i really like respect and admire that 
I think in high school, because I was watching it, I think, at first in high school, and I started wearing loafers because of that. And then the whole school started wearing loafers. So I'm not saying that was a trendsetter, but definitely <laughs> inspired that in me and then probably the whole school as well. That's amazing. We had a technical difficulty. Now we're back talking about games. I'm very like, you know, ambitious when it comes to games. So okay. I know that if I start playing it, I will never be able to stop. Like honestly, <laughs> for example, Uno. I don't lose. Ooh, okay. Like, it's just like period. I don't lose. And <laughs> I'm not allowed <laughs> actually I'm not allowed to play Uno Extreme um anymore. Um uh, my family has forbid because um I'm just too ambitious. Okay. And I, I take not well when I lose it. And <laughs> honestly, I'm here for this attitude. <laughs> What's your star sign? Um Capricorn? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say it has to be Capricorn. I was actually feeling that because <laughs> everything you've said just points to a Capricorn right now. <laughs> I love I that. I really don't know about like whole star signs, but I'm, I want to get into that. Like, I think they're very interesting. I know a lot about my signs, but yeah. I wouldn't say I like believe in it as much to like let it find my path for me. Like I wouldn't look at, the co-star app and be like oh okay it says that so I shouldn't do this today yeah but it's really fun to just like look so I'm a Virgo and that's yeah. very that's actually very similar to Capricorn because it's like Yay. both earth signs obsessed with like being organized and neat and I'm crazy so competitive <laughs> yeah I'm so organized I'm I'm such a control freak Me and too. my <laughs> like it bothers my friends so much because I'm just super organized. Like if if I say we're going to meet at 2 p.m., like you have to be there at 2 p.m. Like you're sharp. literally me, but six years oh. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when people are late because I'm always early to make exactly. sure that I'm not late. <laughs> Same here. Same. My friends I, know now to like look for the closest Starbucks when they arrive. Because I'm most probably sitting there with like my book or something. I remember you mentioning you read Midnight Sun recently, the book yeah. from Edward's <laughs> point of view. How is yeah. that? Tell me about it. <laughs> oh my god! So you know I'm a feminist. You know, so Twilight is such a hard topic. Oh my god! We can, we can put the feminist activist on hold for one second. Yeah. <laughs> And just, you know, being back to my 12-year-old self. <laughs> so, of course, like many other 12-year-old girls, I was obsessed with Twilight. Like, duh. <laughs> and I thought my Twilight phase was long gone since I'm like 18 and it's like 2020. And then Midnight Sun launched and I have pre-ordered it, of course. And oh, my goodness. I, yeah. and I. I've read it in like a week or something. Dedication. Then I know. And then that's not the worst part. I have literally ordered like the other four books too with a special cover on um, like 10th anniversary or something. And then I have watched all the movies all over again, putting my activist feminist self like on hold. Of course, like Team Edward, like, come on. Thank you. I would have hung up if you said Team Jacob. I would have been like, sorry, bye. <laughs> no way. No way. 
I mean, all of my like best friends are like boys. So like Team Jacobs is just like irritates me a lot because like, you know, I could never imagine myself being with one of my best friends. It's, it's yeah. just bothers me. I don't know. It's just irritating. But looking at back from a more feminist and activist perspective, oh dear, there are so many red flags. Oh my god. There yeah. are so many wrong things about so many wrong and alarming things about Twilight. It's just I rewatched it while I was ill with COVID. Like yeah. I did the whole marathon. Jacob gaslights Bella. I just have to say it. He makes it seem as if she's like the cuckoo one for not yeah. wanting to be with him. Like he, she just doesn't want to be with you. Just, just move yeah. over. Like you know. Yeah, I have so many problems with Jacob. <laughs> I have less problems with Edward. <laughs> so I'm like Team Edward still. <laughs> I think both of them have done like very alarming things. And they're both like very obsessive. Like imagine telling someone that you are my life now after taking like three biology classes together. Like yeah. I would be like, peace out. <laughs> okay. okay. <Bye>. I'm <laughs> dropping <Bye>. biology. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, like there are so many alarming things. So I think like if Twilight was a thing in 2020, if it was like, it wouldn't be able to published on 2020 I would say there are like racial stereotypes there are like gender-based stereotypes and it's just such an alarming story but I don't think it would be able to be published on 2020. I agree and I am very intrigued I do want to like Midnight Sun is on my 2021 reading list but (laughs) actually when I finish it you can come back on the podcast and we can discuss Midnight Sun in detail if you want. (laughs) why not oh my god yes 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 (laughs) like please let's do that because I was like I was in I think seventh grade when this whole thing started I was maybe I have no idea how old I was in seventh grade maybe like 13 12 13 I think probably and I remember everyone in my school were changing their surnames to Cullen Oh my god, Literally. that's so bad. It was so embarrassing. I never did that because I was more like a, oh, I'm, I'm too cool for you kind of yeah. kid. <laughs> but it was actually so bad. Like literally everyone's surname was Cullen. I didn't see a lot of like black surnames. So clearly that's good. <laughs> was <laughs> Team Edward. But okay, I'm going to ask you my final question. Um, this is obviously directed towards like everyone who reads your achievements and is like okay I want to also do something like that like how would you like what would you say to people who also want to get involved first of all I think doing your research is extremely important I don't think you know oh I don't have information regarding that like I I don't know what to do like this is not an excuse anymore this is like the 21st century uh like you can just check out anything and everything on social media and internet. So this is not an excuse anymore. So um, if you want, if you see something you don't like, if you see something that has to be changed, you have to be the person who changed it. Like as Gandhi said, which is my motto, and I say this in every interview, be the change you want to see in the world. That is my like motto and my quote for life. 
and it has helped me a lot. It has motivated me. So being like a social, being an activist on social media, of course, it is so valid, but it's not enough. If you post something on social media, for example, about um, Black Lives Matter, you cannot continue being your old racist self afterwards. You have to like, you know, just take a step back and go the process of unlearning. I think this it's like such a valid and important thing, like unlearning. Yeah, learning is important too, but unlearning is even harder. So I think that is really important. And also, um, please, like UN is not only a building. They are there for us. So do not hesitate to get in touch with them because they are there to listen to us. They're there to listen to our needs. And um, they want us, especially youth, they want youth's voice to be heard. So I would say like email, do not hesitate to, you know, get in touch with them. And also you're not the only one. There are thousands of young people all around the world who are sharing the same passion as you, who are standing uh, for the same idea as you. So just, you know, especially I would say getting in touch with youth-led organizations and figuring out the ways how you can collaborate with them and how we can like take part. Um, I think just, you know, communication is the key. And I know how stressful and nerve-wracking it could be to take the first step, but like, what is the worst possible scenario? Like, you will never be able to achieve the thing you want if you don't fail. So I would say just, you know, do your research, follow your passion, and do not hesitate to create your own network, and especially like youth-based network, because I think as youth, we have to like stick together and because we rise by lifting each other up. I love that. That is very good. You just have to take a chance, I guess. And the worst thing you get is someone says no to you and that's not the end of the world. Okay, one final question. I know that I said that was final, but I just want to hear like quite, I I don't know, briefly if you want, but what would you say your dream is? Oh, this is such a hard question. I know it's very abstract (laughs) and I I wouldn't (laughs) be able to answer it, but I just, I just, I just like asking this. (laughs) So um, I would say activism is not, like a hobby for me or like a way to get into a good college it is just a part of who I am and it is just part of my life now like it's not I cannot say okay I'm done with activism at this point it's just a part of me that grows with me if that makes sense so um I definitely want to pursue my activism work and like hopefully I will be able to work with the United Nations or um, the organizations who are seeking the same um, things and who are trying to create um, meaningful change. I want to be, I always say this, I don't want to like be sailing and be like a brand or something like that on meetings or like while working with organizations. I am not there because I'm sitting, it's more like I am there because I'm representing, I'm at least trying to represent young girls in Turkey. So I don't, I think it was Meghan Markle once said it. Um, and I was like, like uh, starstruck. 
Um, she said, we always say, you know, finding your voice, um, helping them to find their voice. No, like girls already have a voice. We just need to encourage them and empower them, make them feel comfortable to use their voices, you know, because they already have their voice. They just need to be encouraged and empowered to use them to create change. So that's what I am trying to do. And like, I hope I can achieve it. (laughs) I hope so too. And I have no doubts that you will. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. It's something I'm obviously striving for as well. Like just helping people amplify their voices instead of, as you said, and as apparently Meghan Markle said, trying to get them to find it because everyone has something to say, but you just have to give them a platform. Oh, well, thank you so much for making time to hop on and discuss things from activism to twilight with me (laughs) (laughs) of course Uh, thank you so much for having me i had so much fun i really needed this me too (laughs) um well okay i will end the recording here (laughs) okay Well, that's all, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed doing this interview and just we literally spoke for like an entire three hours and that was like a whole like 40 minutes I got from that because we just like were so similar, we've realized. Um, If you want to check more about Celine, please go on my Instagram and you'll find a link to her stuff there. She's definitely a very cool teenager, so you should definitely check her out. Um, Otherwise, that is all for this week. I really hope you enjoyed it. And as always, feel free to DM me. Feel free to tell me what you think and tell a friend. Bye.